This week, a bit of history in the United States. Kevin McCarthy has been removed as Speaker of the House. The first time that's ever happened, and it took right-wing Republicans and Democrats working together to do it. Let me explain. Let me explain with Sean Defoe, a News Talk original. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you're listening. This week we're crossing the Atlantic for a day of high drama in Washington, D.C., which saw the demise of Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy. The vote result which made history. On this vote, the yeas are 216, the nays are 210. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. The office of Speaker of the House of the United States House of Representatives is hereby declared vacant. I saw Speaker McCarthy give a speech in March to a group of Irish Americans and seemed to remember him making a joke of how many rounds of voting it took to get him elected in the first place. And now, less than a year after that, he's gone. We're coming on the air with breaking news and a major shift in power on Capitol Hill. The House just voted to remove Speaker Kevin McCarthy from his post in a high-stakes vote just now on the House floor. It comes after McCarthy, the top Republican, cut a deal with Democrats to avert a government shutdown over the weekend that angered some in his own party whose demands were dropped in the negotiations. It happened because one of those Republicans, Florida Congressman Matt Gates, introduced the resolution to remove McCarthy just last night. And it's the first time this process has ever successfully removed a House Speaker in American history. Let's go right now to senior Capitol Hill correspondent Garrett Haig. Garrett, what happens now? Lester, a speakership that began in historic fashion less than a year ago now ends in historic fashion with Kevin McCarthy, the first speaker to ever be removed from that position by a vote on the floor. What we'll see in the immediate term is the naming of a speaker pro tem, a temporary speaker, a caretaker speaker who will lead the House through the next election to replace Kevin McCarthy and select someone else to be second in line for the presidency. This could be a contentious process as well. But why exactly is he gone? Here's David Smith from The Guardian. First time in history, um, a Speaker of the House of Representatives has been ousted. And uh, the the short background is that it followed um, a vote on America's budget last week, um, where they narrowly averted a government shutdown. Um, but it seems that the price uh, Kevin McCarthy paid um, for some of the measures pushed through and getting support from the Democratic Party is that the the far right of his party uh, sort of took revenge and uh, they had threatened to ask McCarthy and they followed through on that. And, and just going a, a little further back, um, McCarthy's only been in the job for nine months and he, he only got it after... 15 rounds of voting and some said he made a bit of a pact with the devil then and you know changed the rules and cut a deal with the uh, extremists um, in his party and, and now those chickens have come home to roost. And as you heard there, it took a rare coalition of Democrats and far-right Trump-backing Republicans to get rid of McCarthy. One side politically motivated, the other trying to get back at McCarthy largely for deals he'd done with the Democrats. Here's some of what he had to say in what became quite a lengthy goodbye speech. President Abraham Lincoln once said, I'm an optimist because I don't see any other way. If you ever come to my office, you'll see the portraits of Lincoln and Reagan. And I firmly believe if Reagan gave us advice, he would say, if you believe your principles bring people greater freedom, you should be happy about it. 
I've always been I've always been excited that I've been a happy conservative. But I've always believed that I've been so fortunate to be an American. My journey to this office was something people wouldn't understand. I grew up in a town of Bakersfield, California, the son of a firefighter, the grandson of immigrants. Parents worked hard, the youngest in my family. Didn't have great wealth and got out of high school, I didn't have great grades. Couldn't get a scholarship, went to community college. Flipped cars to try to pay my way through it. Went to visit some buddies away in college for a weekend, stopped at the grocery store to cash a check and I won the lottery. One of the first in California. It was before Biden economics, it was only 5,000, but it went much further back then. Took my folks to dinner, put the majority of the rest of the money into the stock market and did pretty well. The next semester, I took a break from school. I went to buy a franchise, but no one said they would sell me one. I was only 20 years old. But I learned then never to give up. So I opened my own business, selling sandwiches. Three things I learned. First to work, last to leave, last to be paid. I wanted to finish my college degree. At that time, no one in my family had finished a four-year degree. I did pretty well. I now had enough money that I could pay my way through school as long as I went to Cal State. So I sold my business, going to school. I opened up the local paper and said, be a summer intern in Washington, D.C. with my local congressman. I did not know this man, but I thought he'd be lucky to have me, so I applied. And you know what he did? He turned me down. But you want to know the end of the story? I got elected to a seat I couldn't get an internship for. I ended up being the 55th Speaker of the House. One of the greatest honors. I loved every minute. The one thing I will tell you is, doing the right thing isn't always easy, but it is necessary. I don't regret standing up for choosing governing over grievance. It is my responsibility. It is my job. I do not regret negotiating. Our government is designed to find compromise. I don't regret my efforts to build coalitions and find solutions. I was raised to solve problems, not create them. So I may have lost a vote today, but as I walk out of this chamber, I feel fortunate to have served the American people. I leave the speakership with a sense of pride, accomplishment, and yes, optimism. From the day I entered politics, my mission has always been to make tomorrow better than today. I fought for what I believe in, and I believe in this country of America. My goals have not changed. My ability to fight is just in a different form. Sort of an interesting backstory he has, but let's introduce the man who's being portrayed as the villain of the piece, Matt Gates, the one who was really pushing for this and leading that right-wing element among the Republicans to oust McCarthy. Here's the background from Terry Sheridan of WSHU Radio. Let's go back to January where uh, McCarthy was first elected after 15 ballots, after Matt Gates held up what should have been just a normal procedure, routine procedure to elect the Speaker of the House, which is usually the leader of the minority. And then once they become uh, go into the majority, it happens. One of the demands that he had was that one member of Congress could raise the motion to vacate the office. And that's exactly what we saw yesterday. 
Democrats were wondering what to do when they knew this vote was going to come up. House Former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said, this is a Republican mess. Let the Republicans deal with it. Now, there could have been orders to abstain. If they didn't abstain, that would if they did abstain, that would lower the threshold. But they were very angry after uh, Speaker McCarthy went on national TV on Sunday after a deal had been reached to continue the government and basically blamed Democrats and said that Democrats wanted to shut down the government and it was the Republicans who came and rescued them. That angered Democrats. And then a whole backlog of grievances uh, also made it pretty much impossible that any Democrat would vote to save McCarthy. Let's hear from Gates himself, a pro-Trump man who caused much of this and was questioned yesterday. You have paralyzed the House of Representatives today. To whose benefit? People have called you a narcissist. People say there is to your benefit alone. Is it to the benefit of you and to Donald Trump? It's the benefit of this country that we have a better Speaker of the House than Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy couldn't keep his word. He made an agreement in January regarding the way Washington would work, and he violated that agreement. We are $33 trillion in debt. We are facing $2.2 trillion annual deficits. We face a de-dollarization globally that will crush Americans, working class Americans. Kevin McCarthy is a feature of the swamp. He has risen to power by collecting special interest money and redistributing that money in exchange for favors. We are breaking the fever now, and we should elect a speaker who's better. And Kevin McCarthy, well, he didn't hold back on his feelings for Gates. You all know Matt Gates. You know it was personal. It had nothing to do about spending. It had nothing to do about everything he accused somebody of he was doing. It all was about getting attention from you. I mean, we're getting email fundraisers from him as he's doing it. Join in quickly. That's not governing. That's not becoming of a member of Congress. And regardless of what you think, I've seen the text. It was all about his ethics, but that's all right. Do you think you need to clarify from the first question? Are you considering resigning? No, I said, I, he asked about that. I haven't thought about that. Yeah, I said, right. yeah. And then just where you're placing the blame. You said the institution is... Look, 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 no, no, no. I'm not going to blame anybody. There, there's not blame anywhere. Uh, look, I give it as good as I get it, Right. So you know the challenge. I knew going in, you would take a poll all the time. Is he going to get thrown out this week? But you know what? If I lose my job over doing what I truly believe what's right, I'm very at peace with it. You asked earlier, like, when did I decide? I knew they would make the motion on me. It didn't make one bit of difference. I felt very comfortable in that decision. So what happens now? Well, an interim speaker has been elected. There's another budget deadline looming in about 40 days or so. And the House members have gone back to their states ahead of another sitting next week. But does it mean Gates and this small group of Republicans now have an outsized sway on the U.S. government? It could be. I mean, it all depends when new there are new House rules to be put into effect, which could raise that limit you know, for the motion to vacate. But as of now, yes, those eight Republicans who voted, who led this movement to Alice McCarthy, pretty much have control of the floor. Uh, over the summer, they literally took control of the floor when they just logjam anything that was going through. Democrats are trying to, you know, one, stay out of the Republican business, but also for their political purposes. 
witnesses point out to the dysfunction. But right now, no one knows who has enough votes. There need to be 217 votes to elect a new speaker. Right now, it doesn't appear that anyone has it. So I think you're going to see a lot of horse trading. You're going to see a lot of potential white horses come in to save the day. But right now, we do not have a, we do not have a functional gov- federal government, to go to your original point. No, we have no yeah. functional government. Reminds me a bit of the DUP and Theresa May's government when their influence is greater than really it should have been based on their seats. But they still didn't get what they wanted in the end. Perhaps a cautionary tale for the Republicans. So that's the story with Kevin McCarthy. Thanks for listening and I will chat to you soon. Sean Defoe presented today with Lachlan Hart as always on Sound. Sound.